0: Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real-life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? Yeah.
1: Native speakers never make mistakes in English, do we? We definitely do. From time to time, even native speakers make grammar and pronunciation mistakes. So if you are learning English as a second language or foreign language, don't feel bad about making mistakes. Remember, the important thing is to learn from them. In today's episode, we'll look at 10 of the most common mistakes native speakers make when speaking English.
0: Yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and mesmerizing way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding your bike, getting swelled at the gym, or even
1: having a stroll in the park.
0: I'm joined here in the global studio by the most lekka teacher in all of South Africa, the one and only Kase. <laughs> How's it going, Kase?
1: I'm doing well, thanks, Ethan.
0: Feels like it's been a a hot second since we recorded a podcast together, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's right. But you had like a little break in between, right? You've been on vacation.
0: Had a, a mini vacation, yeah, on the Canary Islands. So you said that this is a mesmerizing way to learn English. What does mesmerizing mean?
1: It means something that like has your complete attention. When something is mesmerizing, it captures your your attention, almost in a hypnotic way, like you cannot take your eyes off of it.
0: Yeah, that's a really great way to describe it.
1: Yeah, um, but not only your eyes, I guess it's like your attention in general. It could be something you're listening to, it could be something you're reading, you're watching... Um, Yeah, it has your attention.
0: It's a great way to like, I don't know, if you went to a concert or something like that and your friend was asking you, how was it? Instead of just saying, oh, it was great or it was amazing, you could say, oh, it was mesmerizing. Like, you know, you felt so present in the moment because it, it really captivated you. So that said, we're going to change things up a little bit today. We're going to play a quick game called Two Truths and a Lie.
1: So the the point of this game is to tell someone to make three statements and the other person has to guess which one is the lie. Okay, so the first one is, I was on a Japanese uh, television show. Um, I am somehow linked to the Mandela family, uh, as in Nelson Mandela. Um, And the third one is that I almost became a professional
0: Athlete. Hmm. Well, I believe that you. I believe that you. You've told me in the past about being on Japanese TV series, so I'm guessing that's true. Uh, and I believe too that you were a really avid runner when you were younger. So I'm guessing maybe you you could have gone pro and you didn't. So I'm going to go for the the middle one is a lie that you you're linked to the Mandela family.
1: No, you're <laughs> wrong, Ethan. Uh, actually, I never almost went pro that's a total lie um, I <laughs> I was just you know kind of good uh, as a student as a good runner uh, when I was in high school and primary school but um, the truth is that I am somehow linked to the Mandela family um, <laughs> not by blood though we're not blood relatives but um, one of my family members was in a relationship with him and has a daughter by Nelson Mandela's grandson.
0: Oh, wow. So it's a distant relation, but, but you, uh, you do have, have some relation. Yeah. There's a link there somehow. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. I guess now it's my turn. I have to think of something. Um, okay. So I've ran four half marathons. I don't know how to swim. And my parents moved to my hometown from New York City and Detroit, Michigan,
1: okay those are very some of them Were like like i know the one i know you can swim i've seen you swim ethan come on
0: (laughs) but (laughs) oh crap i totally forgot about that
1: (laughs) but uh i don't you know i wouldn't really obviously know if your parents moved i i really i don't know that one so i would have to guess that it's true and and go with the half marathon lie
0: well you got the lie already was the the swimming one (laughs) exactly (laughs) the half marathon that's true
1: you didn't like I didn't know that you've never mentioned that before I thought that you maybe you know <laughs> squeezing it like a second time.
0: <laughs> I was get, I completely I completely forgot at the summit that like half the time we were uh, we were swimming so <laughs> exactly. that was a really a really bad one so I'm obviously not very good at this game <laughs> Next time I need to I need to have like a, I don't know, maybe a half hour of preparation to really think out the perfect lie.
1: Yeah, but you're quite good at like um, it's a good it's a good trait. You can't lie.
0: It's a good trait to not be a good liar, I suppose, in most cases. I think that is actually a good a good segue into today's main topic because it would be a lie, of course, to say that natives never make mistakes when we speak English. So we're going to get into some of the most common native mistakes which I think will be really fun for you, dear listener, to try to identify when you're watching a TV series or listening to a podcast or something, because you'll you'll notice that people make these mistakes all the time. Maybe you can even explain it to a native friend when, <laughs> when they trip up. So let's get into it. All right. So, Cassie, what is the first mistake that natives often make?
1: The first mistake that native speakers often make is confusing should have and should of. Uh so you might hear someone say, um, oh I should have done that. And that's definitely wrong. Uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't have done it. You should not have done it. Um it is quite tricky because of I think it's the schwa in those. So like when we contract should have, we say should've, have, should've, have, and it sounds kind of like should have. So that uh sound <laughs> can be quite confusing. Um, For some
0: people, I think this mostly happens in writing, right? Because people think about the sound in their head, and then they will write "should of" because, like, really, it sounds the same if you're you're said "should of" the contraction and "should of," which doesn't exist. um, It sounds exactly the same. So the the problem there then is is people like translating the sound in their head to writing.
1: Yeah, it's it's an understandable mistake. It's it's I get it. I get why um, people might get confused.
0: Yeah. It's just that it makes no sense. Exactly. <laughs> and I think this, this could happen as well with like could have, would have. So with any of those, because it's the, the same sum. So look out for that if you see a native writing would of, should of with the OF instead of have. All right. What's the next one?
1: The next one is the difference between effect and effect. And I have to admit that even I have made this mistake in the past. So I think this mix up is again it's a it's a, an easy one to, to mix up because it's a simple sound that when you're speaking you might maybe even just you know make um it could just be a quick you know slip of the tongue you're just like confusing the sounds and you you make a mistake in that way but it is important to know what the difference is so affect is a verb that means to make a change or to change something it has, something has you're affecting change but the effect is a noun which means the result of the change. So it's important to understand the difference in meaning. So if you are speaking, you can, you know, consciously be aware of
0: what the difference is. And maybe it's a difference in American English, but these the, the pronunciation is the same, which is what tends mm. to cause the confusion because it's effect and effect, both with a schwa sound. So so we wouldn't say effect. Uh, and wow, like, I have to think when I'm writing and I, and I want to use this word, I have to think for a second, like, okay this is a verb. Okay. It's a effect, you know, with the letter a effect yeah. and not, um, or vice versa. And, and like, there was a trick that I actually, cause I, in English class, this used to <laughs> trick me up when I was in in high school. And the trick I started thinking of that would help me to remember is I would think of like sound effects, for example, that that's a, a noun, right? Sound effects. And it, so I would always remember that sound effects is with an E so I think like okay if I'm using a noun it's with an e if I'm using a verb it's with an a.
1: That's a good a good tip. Um, <laughs> pro tip.
0: <laughs> but it's like to this day if I'm writing either of those words I have to think for a sec. It's not it's not something that's automatic for me. So don't feel bad if you've ever made that mistake.
1: Yeah don't feel bad about it. Like I said I've I've also struggled with that one in the past. Um, but yeah I think that that's really a good a good tip. Um, okay so the next one is by accident and on accident. So if you've ever said on accident, um, there is no such thing. There's no such thing as on accident. It's always by accident. So the preposition is never on. If it's a preposition mistake. Sometimes we make those two.
0: That's so strange. Like uh, I don't know if I've ever even thought about that. I didn't even know that's like incorrect. Like I think I would usually say by accident, but on accident doesn't sound incorrect to me. Like usually when you use the wrong uh, preposition, it sounds wrong, right? Yeah. Like if someone says, for example, "think on" instead of "think of," it's "think of something," not "think on something." Uh, but on accident doesn't sound wrong in that same way. So that's 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 really interesting. That that's really tricky because, I like, I think in learning languages, using the correct preposition is extremely challenging, even for like super advanced learners because it's it's really based on knowing the the collocation oftentimes of what verb goes with what preposition.
1: Exactly. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think, like, on accident doesn't sound wrong. I mean, I think it's only because it's been it's been reinforced. I think we've right. heard it so many times. I think it's, like, it's one of those um, mistakes that has just become part of the language, and I almost feel like it's not <laughs> a mistake anymore. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Okay, so I've made this mistake quite often. Um, the difference between intents and purposes and intents of purposes... I think this was a mistake that I I used to make when I didn't know <laughs> the meaning. <laughs> you know, when you hear something and you're just like, oh, you know, yeah, for all intensive purposes, you know, we need to. <laughs> and um, I made this mistake. Um, I think like when I was way younger, I obviously didn't know what I was saying. I just heard it on TV or something. But yeah, it doesn't, intensive purposes, it's a totally different meaning. Like intensive means that something is really... Argent, really um, mm-hmm. serious, and um, it, it has a totally different meaning.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you would ever say intensive purposes, but that's that's again probably because of uh, connected speech, right? Because intense and purposes, the and would reduce and be like intense and purposes. And so I suppose that sounds a little bit similar, intense and intensive.
1: For sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the reason. Um, it just... It's one of those things that if you heard this phrase used um, you and you've never seen it written down or you've never really understood what it meant, you probably thought that someone was saying intensive instead of intense and
0: purposes. But yeah. What does it mean when we say for all intents and purposes? It means
1: in every practical sense or in most ways. So for example, for all intents and purposes, regular exercise is a good thing. So mm-hmm. in almost every way. Um, it is a good thing.
0: Make sure that you're saying and purposes and not intensive purposes. <laughs> All right. Number five. Okay. Number five.
1: So some people might say one in the same and others might say one in the same. Again, um, I think it's that preposition that trips people up. So here it's another phonetical mistake that English speakers get wrong sometimes uh, the correct phrase is one and the same, um, but they do, they do sound quite alike.
0: Yeah, it's again that the and reduces to "un, an, and so in, un, it's mm-hmm. pretty much the, when, when you reduce it, it's pretty much the same. So one and and one in sound the same one in one in exactly so if you want to make sure that you're not making these mistakes it's important that you speak a lot to write and that's exactly why we created our real life app to give you a place where anytime anywhere you can press a button and connect with someone else to practice your english with and learn about other cultures it's kind of like a virtual passport to the world so that said we have a shout out to a very special app user and podcast listener
1: Okay, so we have a shout out from Ravinda who says, This app is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm extremely grateful to be part of this app. Your efforts are manifest in your work. This is the best bet for those who want to sound natural in English without any stress. You got to give it a try. It can be a game changer for you. And oh yeah, Love from India, in a nutshell, best app in this universe for English. And a trophy emoji.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty stellar review. So, Ravinder, thanks so much for taking the time to let us know your thoughts about the app. And I'm so glad to hear that it's helping you to improve your English in a fun and natural way. And so, dear listener, give it a try if you have not yet. And if you enjoy it, then you can leave us a five-star review so we can find you and also give you a shout out. And that said, we have five more common mistakes that native speakers make that you'll want to definitely avoid when you're using apps. So let's move into number six.
1: All right. So number six is one that is a mistake that you'll probably make if you're um, reading. This is not one that you would most likely make if you're just if you've heard the word before. Um, so this mistake is one that I made once at KFC when ordering a burger. <laughs> A long, long time ago. (laughs) Again, most of my mistakes were (laughs) when I was much younger, when I was still learning.
0: (laughs) Very traumatizing. (laughs) So embarrassing.
1: But um, yeah, I made this mistake when I was ordering a burger Um, at KFC. I just saw the name written down and I thought that it was colonel. I really thought that's what it said. And I said, could I have, please have a colonel burger? (laughs) 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 And everyone <laughs> stared at me. Uh, the correct pronunciation is "colonel," and uh, I didn't know that at the
0: time. Yeah. I wonder where that comes from, because it, it makes no sense. It's spelled like colonel. It sounds like something like a medical procedure with your colon or something like that. <laughs> Colonos. Like <laughs> exactly. A, a colonic or something like that. Uh, but it's, yeah, it sounds exactly like the word kernel, like a corn kernel, like a individual piece of corn. hmm yeah. I don't know where that R sound is coming from.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I think it, it's definitely one of those words that might've been, um, like it's, it's probably the roots is from a different language and I'm, I mean, I could just be. don't know exactly, uh, where.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This could be really good for gamers too. There's a lot of like military based strategy games and stuff like that, where you might see that. So you don't want to say colonel. You want to say colonel and, uh, and that's at KFC as well. I guess Colonel Sanders is like the mm-hmm. the founder of KFC, so they they probably have things named after him. So I guess yeah. that's where that that mistake would have come from. Yeah.
1: Sadly, I wish I had known that.
0: Those kind of things happen all the time, though. It's like uh, it's a word, like especially with advanced words that you only see written, and then you know at some point you you want to use it. I mean, you you know the word and everything, but you've never heard it pronounced before since since. Since English isn't a phonetic language, this happens even to natives. Like trying to use, I um, remember once it happened to me with the word um, "albeit," which means like "even though," right? Mm-hmm. Like despite something, you can say like "albeit." But the first I had only read it, and I remember like the first time I ever spoke it, I said "I'll bite" because I, I was saying it like it sounded in my head, you know, reading it. <laughs> so these kind of things they they happen. Yeah.
1: So don't don't feel bad about that. I think the point is like once you you're aware of it, you'll never make that mistake again. I've never said, said colonel, you know, after I made that mistake one
0: time. <laughs> make sure you want a colonel burger, not a not a colonel burger. <laughs> All right, what's the next one?
1: All right, so the next one is one that um, this is one that it yeah I've heard this often, and I almost think think that it's um, it's again it's one of those that we. Might it's just become normal for people to pronounce it this way? So the word nuclear, I might—I don't even know if I'm saying it correct now. That's the <laughs> point; it makes you doubt yourself. Right. Um, how would you say this word? How would you pronounce it? I think I say nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Uh-huh. Like nuclear, Clear. Le- mm-hmm. clear. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Me too. That's exactly. So we're we're saying it right. <laughs> yeah, we're saying it right. So the the incorrect pronunciation is. Nucula. Nucula.
0: Nucula. Is how you're not supposed to say it.
1: No, that's ha- Yeah, that's how you're not. Sorry, that's the wrong, the incorrect in pronunciation.
0: I have heard people say that. Yeah, nu- nuclear. I think like George Bush used to say that.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it was an American thing to say nucula. Nucula.
0: But I was wrong. Sounds to me like Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely guys. Nu-c- nuclea. That's actually one that's probably learners won't make that mistake like natives do because... Uh, most learners like to pronounce things like phonetically, right? Like you'd read it. So, as long as you pronounce it more or less phonetically, you're you're in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> Just a quick interruption to ask you a question: Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. All right. So number eight. Okay. So this one, um, the
1: the mistake is between saying "couldn't careless" and "could careless." And this one is a mistake that I I feel like I've also heard this one quite often because I think people have heard other people make this mistake and assumed that it was the right way to say it.
0: Yeah. Um, it's becoming an, an expression, like in the U.S it's super common. It's just become a, an expression. Mm-hmm. I, and like, I even, I have to think about it to think which one's the correct way to say it <laughs> because it's, it's so common that, that people make this mistake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So which one is the right one?
0: <laughs> well, let me think now. <laughs> so like, first of all, people will say this when they really, I don't know if we've even said it yet, couldn't care less or could the less. So people will say this when it's like, they really don't care about something. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone says like, um, I don't know, the neighbor bought a a new car and it's like a super nice car and, you know, you don't really care about the neighbor's car. So you might say, oh, I couldn't care less about the neighbor's car. I could care less about the neighbor's car. Um, And the the correct one is, I think people say a lot, could care less. I could care less.
1: The idea is that you absolutely don't care. You can't care any less because you are at zero level of caring so you you
0: don't care at all if you say i could care less it's like that you care somewhat right but you're actually (laughs) wanting to say the opposite that you're at the minimal amount of caring about that thing right yeah there you go totally so see it requires like for for natives we make this mistake all the time and like you really have to think about it
1: (laughs) okay let's get to the next one he did very well this is he did good um i think this is this is just this is not one i've ever used I've, i've never made
0: this mistake really yeah Americans confuse well and good a lot. Yeah. That's a, a mm. mistake that I think in fact like learners sometimes this is another one where learners can have an advantage because maybe they come from a language that also has two different words for good and well. And if you carry that over, then oftentimes you'll 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 do it correctly in English. Whereas natives might mix them up.
1: So it's it's quite common, like it's not seen as
0: a mistake. It is a mistake, but but people it's one of those mistakes that's that's so common that's like you usually don't you don't wince when you hear that mistake. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think there are words um, like similar to this where they kind of have a similar meaning, and you just like use them interchangeably. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I've never made I've never made this mistake. But yeah, that makes sense. I totally understand um, why some people might do that, and it is kind of cute. Like I've heard it. Oh, you did good today. You did good. Um, you, you played. You played good. Or you. You did good on your test yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's one of those ones that that definitely, if you want to speak more properly, then you should learn the difference. So I think it's well as an adverb, good as a adjective, right? So you use good to describe like nouns and you use well to describe, for example, verbs or adjectives. So that's why you should say he did well, because you're describing how he did. You're describing the verb did. And if you said you could say like, I don't know, his performance was good. That would be correct because you're talking about the performance, uh, which is a noun. But oftentimes natives would say he did good instead of he did well. That
1: that's very well explained. <laughs> you explained that very good. <laughs>
0: or an, I think another really common misuse of this too is like, um, like saying that people will say like, oh, I feel good, but you should say, oh, I feel, I feel well. You know. Um, or I don't feel well. Yeah, or maybe in that—that that could also be a mix-up with like I have a good like like
1: mm, this is true. I think that I definitely <laughs> said that. Yeah, I feel good today. Yeah, but maybe that has to do with like your like having a good feeling. No, you're right. It's incorrect. <laughs> I, I I definitely make that mistake. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to number ten. Okay, so this is the final one, guys.
0: Last but not least.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the difference between who
0: and whom. And I have made this mistake so many times. Yeah, this is, this is another one where natives usually don't know the difference between the two and rarely use whom. I mean you can get away in English without ever using whom.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know one time in my life where I've said whom, but I have you know, in, in writing I've used it um quite a quite a few times. Um, but I've never said it. And I think that by definition I'd know that I've you know the word. I know that I've used it incorrectly. I've never used, <laughs> I've never used it correctly in speech. Probably. Um, so there are a couple of easy rules to remember uh, to differentiate between um, these two words. So who is used when we want it to be the subject of the sentence, while whom is accompanied by a preposition. Um, so it's used in an object position in the sentence. For example, we could say, "To whom does this book belong?" So, "To whom does this book belong?" Um, or "Who does this book belong to?" <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it's about who your who the focus is in the sentence. Who are you focusing on in that yeah. sentence?
0: So, yeah, don't. I say again, like, don't feel bad about making this mistake because. I think like 95% of natives don't know the difference and don't use whom, but it can be good if you see whom to kind of like know more or less what that means, why that's being used. Exactly.
1: I don't think if you're making this mistake, I don't think it, most people won't correct you. They won't even know the difference. No. So you'll <laughs> get away with it.
0: Maybe if you're overusing whom, actually you could sound strange, right? That's Even true. if you were speaking like super correctly and you're always using whom correctly, then you might actually sound... It's like a case where you're making a mistake and people could think it sounds strange. Exactly. It sounds strange that you're not making a mistake. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's true. All right. that's said, those are just 10 mistakes of many, many ones that natives make when we speak English. So I think it's really nice to, it's refreshing sometimes to know that natives don't speak perfectly. And, you know, that shouldn't be your goal either to speak perfectly because it's it's unattainable. You should always strive for excellence, strive to get better and better, strive to challenge yourself and improve and grow. But, you know, uh, there's no such thing as a perfect English speaker. Even natives make mistakes. So thanks so much for joining us on the Real Life English Podcast. And we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you next week. One, two, three. Oh uh, yeah! Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com and connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more, without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our Real Life Native Immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aww yeah!